spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 137. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I just finished watching episode three of Tiger King, as you know. This is yes. Tiger King. Um, dude, I have that dumb song stuck in my head from the end. I get up, I go to work. It's stuck in my. It just it's stuck in there. Joe Exotic is in my head literally right now. And he I won't stop playing. I just I finished love- watching it ten minutes ago. Maybe that's why. I love it. So for those that don't know, and it's going to be a chance for me to get the plug in, on Patreon, on one of the recent podcasts, I said that I recently discovered Tiger King and that that's how I've been spending my quarantine. Now, that lasted like a whole day and a half. I blew through the seven-part series, and I was like, Mitch, you got to watch it. And then a couple other of the listeners to that podcast, they were DMing me and were like, this is insane. Thank you for the recommendation. We got to get Mitch in on this. So Neo, he is now through three episodes, which was just the third one's the Carol Baskin episode, no? It's called The Secret. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, but yes, it's The Secret Wild. regarding Carol Baskin. Wild. That's my favorite one, I think. It's uh, it's oh man, it's true crime, which reveals a bit, but not a whole lot. You'll you'll know by episode two, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, and true crime is my is my jam. Like first forty eight, love that show, love it. Absolutely. So I'm glad you are enjoying that program over there. Thanks. What's going on with you today? Um, not a whole lot. <laughs> um, it's uh, basically just long walks and trying to contain myself i guess I, I i don't know there's there's not a whole lot to do i'm you know i'm like everyone else i'm i'm at home yeah i hear you man <laughs> definitely you're uh the days are getting a little long um although i got the two kids so it's a little bit uh it's a little bit trickier i got i got that as a time suck um okay. they're doing all right obviously but uh yeah it's uh now we're, we're becoming teachers thankfully my wife is actually a teacher so it makes the things a lot easier for me just because school right. is still out and now they're making the teachers teach I don't know what they're going to teach. I don't know how they're going to do it. If you're a teacher, man, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I tell my wife every day, I don't know how you do it. But to all you teachers, I go, oh, wow. Just health workers I'm, for sure. If you're a health worker, my God, gonna... on, they, this, for sure, definitely uh, slow claps for the rest of time. But my God, teachers, holy Hannah. I was just going to say you took the words out of my mouth. I think we're gaining a new appreciation for 
health workers and teachers during this time as you know it's it's extremely tough obviously we we're on week three of this now and you know everyone for the most part is being homeschooled and we know how crazy it's been in the health industry for them and you know the hospitals and stuff like that so I mean you just got to tip your cap to them and be extremely thankful that you know they're around and helping us out that's right absolutely uh, do you want to get some aisle stuff? Yeah, let's do it. What edition do we have for this one, Mitch? We are doing episode 137, like you said. So I found a player that has played exactly 37 games for the New York Islanders, and his name is David Malley. David Malley, we're dedicating okay. this episode to you, my friend. So later on All in the right. show, I'll ask you, Matt, three questions about David Malley. Two simple ones. There's softball as softball gets. You should Love knock it. him out of the park. Uh, the third one is not going to be very easy. It's going to be okay. funny, but not very easy. I mean, that's kind of expected. That's the point, right? Just have a little bit of fun. You know, learn a little bit here and there. <laughs> always always trying to learn. <laughs> so let's jump right into it, Mitch. No games to talk about, of course. But one of the things that we wanted to get to was something that was written on our site by one of our contributors. And it was, oh, God. Who, do you remember who did it? Sal. It was Sal. Sal. Okay. That's what I thought. But I didn't want to say the wrong name. So he wrote five what-ifs on the 2019-20 season. So we're going to break them down, and let's start from the playoffs. So there's one scenario he has where the Islanders make the playoffs and another scenario in which they don't. Obviously, we have a preferred scenario because we are biased here. But I guess for how I wanted to do this one is which, if they were to resume the season, which one of those two scenarios do you see more likely? The Islanders in the playoffs or on the outside? And when you say resume the season, like they play a full regular season, and then I get to decide? I guess. I, th- again, there's no way for us to really know this, but sure, we're going to go, we're going to base it off of that, yeah. Well, that's the thing. This is the whole thing, right? It's a what if. So what if the season continues? Do the Islanders make the playoffs? No. No. I, w- I would have said differently a month ago, but based on how they finished the season, and when I say finish, I mean like where it ended before it actually stopped. Correct. Um they were not looking good, and it didn't look like there was a hope in sight. As we know, Adam Pellick is not coming back in any way, shape, or form unless the season for somehow or some reason begins in October. It's the only way this <laughs> right. guy's coming back this year, quote-unquote. So it's not happening. No, and that's my fear is if the Islanders were in a position where there was still a fight like in the, for a regular season before the playoffs start, I mean, they were in a free fall for a while. And I just am not confident that they'd be able to get any kind of momentum going to get back into this thing. Thankfully, they're only a point out right now. So, like, if, if you're saying, yes, they could make it, all right, cool. There's there's definitely a case to be made. But the fact that they're 2-4-4 four, four in their last 10, um, they're .45 points per game. And by points, I mean in the standings when Adam Pellick went down. That That's January 2nd. As of January 2nd, they're putting up .45 points per game in the standings. That's not playoff hockey. As in, like, that's not what's going to get you to the playoffs. Maybe once they get there, it turns around and some some switch goes off and Jordan Eberle goes beast mode all over again uh, for more than just a playoff series. Uh, right. But getting in there, I if they play the remainder of it, maybe now with the break, I guess that's maybe your second what if, but if the this, this season had continued and we didn't have this whole coronavirus thing or COVID-19, yeah, I don't think they make it. I'm kind of with you, and I guess that's maybe if you want to play devil's advocate, which we tend we usually like to do. 
this break might be good for the Islanders to just get their bleep together. <laughs> yeah, well, first off, get some injuries out of the way. Of course, Adam Pellick not coming back in any way, shape, or form. I got some gunk on my glasses. I'm just taking them off because all I see is spots all over. <laughs> Wild. Anyways, Adam Pellick not coming back in any way, shape, or form. Case Zekas is definitely going to be back, as is Johnny, Johnny Boychuk. And yes, we have no adoption to fill in Johnny Boychuk's spot, but they trust Johnny Boychuk more. They will play him 18 minutes. They will not play Noah Dobson 18 minutes. They have it capped at 16 max. Um, and that puts a burn on the remainder of the defenseman, one of them being 37-year-old Adam Green, or sorry, Andy Green. Um, and then with Sezikis back, that's huge for them. They, are, they get their identity line, line back again. They can roll four lines now when you have uh, Barzal, Brock, uh, Pajot, and, and Sezikis down the middle. So that, that would be huge for them. And maybe if the season starts back up and they can get everyone healthy, yeah, they probably make the playoffs. Yep, that that definitely helps, right, getting the injuries because that was one of the big things for them is the amount of injuries that they had. And while it might be like the cases of Zekas of, of the world and Johnny Boy, Chuck, and stuff like that, where maybe you look and say, well, they should be able to overcome losing your fourth-line center and your third-pairing defenseman. Well, clearly the Islanders couldn't. Like, they made that abundantly clear the last month or so in you know late February, early March. So I do think that would definitely be you know a, a key factor here. And one of the next points on this what-ifs list is would the return of Casey Zekas put them over the hump to get them into the playoffs? I think yes. I think so. I, I would. I'd more so predicated on Adam Pellick. Like if I had to choose one or the other, I'd say Adam Pellick would definitely help them. Uh, Casey Zekas probably helps them get over the hump. Uh, just because, like I mentioned earlier, that depth down the middle, uh, that that certainly helps. Because right now they can't run a fourth line out. They they just can't. They're trying whatever they can, and it's not doing anything. And because they can't run that out, they're really running only three lines. That's a problem. Yeah, it's a huge. It's a huge problem. Because they're used to running the four. They're used to having relatively even minutes. Like, yes, the fourth line will have fewer minutes than, say, Matthew Barzello, Brock Nelson, but it's not going to be astronomical. You're not going to see, like, guys in single digits every night like we're seeing now when Casey Zekas, Matt Martin, and Cal Clutterbuck are healthy. You're seeing them flip around, like, 10 to 15 max. Right, absolutely. And that's another, you know, key issue. And... I think no, you talking about uh, Noah Dobson is definitely something, or uh, minutes is definitely something to, worth bringing up because with the absence of Johnny Boychuk, guys like Noah Dobson were forced to get back into the lineup, and they don't seem comfortable enough to put him in the lineup for more than fourteen minutes a night. Yeah, I like even then, like yeah, that, that's the ceiling on that. It's usually between eight to twelve, eight fifteen, kind of bouncing up and down type of thing. Right, absolutely. So um, the next one on here is Brock Nelson. Would he have hit 30 goals if the season com- continued for 80, a full 82 games? Yes. Undoubtedly, yes. I think so. He's got 26 as of right now with, through 68 games. I think he finds a way to another four. Yeah, but I think the pace was like 31.3. If I'm not, I'm going to do it right quick here. Yeah, exactly. Well, 31.35, so 31.4. You can't round it Come up on. to 32. So does he get Does he get there? Because, like, again, pace, you're going, This there's no re- regression here. There's nothing else factored in. It's just how many has he done? Simple arithmetic. 
It's never that simple, though, right? Right. So can he actually get there? I think he could. And obviously, you think so as well. Yeah, I definitely think he could because that's, what, 14 games left to, in order to hit it. I think you could find four goals in 14 games. Now, players go through streaks where they go no goals in 10 games and stuff like that. That's a scary part about the NHL and scoring and stuff like that. But Brock, as we've said on this show and many of other shows in our past, has been the Islanders' MVP, maybe outside of Adam Pellick. And um, I think he would – I mean, I, I don't think I could see a scenario in which he falls off the face of the earth in goal scoring. No, I, I don't see it happening, and specifically because it's Brock Nelson. If we know anything about Brock Nelson is that he's Mr. October and Mr. End of the Year, right? right. Like, he bookends his, his production typically, typically for the start and the end of the year. So he puts up a strong October and usually puts in a strong March, usually April as well. So yep. uh, th- this bodes well for, for going into the later half. Like, if this season starts in July, Brock Nelson's going to be on fire, right? He yeah, lights but- up the Beauty League every year and puts up a billion points. He's going to be, like... <laughs> Heart Trophy Brock Nelson. This is true. Oh, my God. Maybe uh, Con Smythe Brock Nelson. <laughs> right? This is going to be insane. Brock Nelson's licking his lips going, yes, summer hockey boys. Oh, baby. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, so Brock Nelson might be one of the few guys who are looking forward to playing hockey in July. Yeah, exactly. And the last thing is, is Belmont going to be completed in time? Because we did find out that they are no longer, that construction is no longer listed as essential. So that has come to a halt as of right now. I have a hard time with this one. Uh, as, as of now, I don't think so. Uh, of course, what is it? Uh, Richard Brown, uh, so that's managing partner for Sterling. Sterling, I said Sterling Equities, whatever. I think, I believe so, yeah. Anyways, he says, if construction restarts within a reasonable period, we expect to maintain our schedule and for the arena to be open for the 2021-2022 NHL season. Now, what is a reasonable period? Like, we're already on three weeks now where nothing has been done at all. Right. It's what? You're looking at probably another month at least? Probably, right? Like, I would say. I know schools here are looking to open back up in May. Um, so let, let's just say that's the case. They lose a month and a half, maybe, right? If we're seeing the whole month of April and whatever portion of March. I think, yeah, I think you could punt off April. I know it's April 1st. It's literally the first day of April. And I, I don't see anything changing in the next four weeks. Again, like it's such an evolving situation. It changes day in and day out. So this is just based off all the information we have, which is kind of, well, there's not enough information, so we don't know, and we're just our best guess is that it's not going to be within this next month. Maybe May, maybe June. Worst case scenario, you hope, but um, I don't think it would be ready for the start of the season. I don't think they would return to Brooklyn, though. I saw that as a potential rumor, but I, I don't think so. I think Lou has already slammed that one shut, right? Like Lou said, nah, it's not going to happen. Although he did say for this season, to be fair. Right for that for this season, but I I fully expect him to be at the Coliseum until that building is ready. And if it's pushed back a couple of months, then maybe you have to play the first two months of the twenty twenty one season at the Coliseum and then go from there. Right, like I think I'm fine with obviously accepting this as as a delay because this is very necessary. It'd be mm-hmm. different if this is like a bureaucratic delay. 
where it's like, oh, we the, the state really screwed us in, in, in getting the filing. Obviously, the state right. would Cuomo's all, all over that this thing. But let's say the local government, right? Nassau County was really like dragging their heels on getting, I don't know, what type of funding or, or red tape is in the way. And that would be different. That'd be annoying. But for the, and I, I wouldn't like the kind of split between Nassau Coliseum right. and the Belmont. But in this case, if, if this is what it takes, I don't care. I really don't care. If it's late, I don't care. It's coming. That's all that matters to me is that it's going to happen. This is going to be a thing. This isn't kind of like some weird April Fool's joke, like, ha we didn't actually put up any steel girders, lols. No, it, it's up. It's going up. It's going to happen. Uh, whether it's later on time, I, I really don't care. Uh, but I, I obviously I think if there was no break, yeah, I think they'd be finished on time. Yeah, I expected that before all this, it looked like everything was on schedule and it was going to be finished in time. But like you said, this is completely different. It's not like... Uh, Oh, haha! Ha, look at the Islanders. They have to play into arenas situation like you had at the Barclays Center and Nassau Coliseum. Like if it's that case where you have to play, I don't know, October and November home games at the Coliseum, and then maybe December first is the new, uh, you know, date in in which it's ready. That it, it's different. I think this is such a unique situation where. Nobody could have expected this, and you just have to accept it and say, okay, it's probably not going to be ready on time, but that doesn't mean that this isn't happening. It's just going to be pushed back a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it is what it is, and I, and I think I don't think anyone is upset with this, although you never know in this word day and age, right? So, No, absolutely. Anything else on what-ifs for 2019-2020 season you want to get to? No, no. It, I it sucks. It just sucks that we don't have hockey right now. Uh, maybe like a what if, what would happen if Matthew Barzell had, I don't know, Artemi Panarin to play with? Like, that's a huge what if, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I wrote about that and some people liked it. Some people uh, were not too much of a fan of it. But the, basically the point on that one was the Islanders did offer him the most money. So I just wanted to, and what the hell else are we going to talk about at this time? Like, this is all hypothetical situations. Like, the MJ versus LeBron debates that the media loves to force down your throat. This is the perfect time for all that nonsense. How dare you not be Adrian Wojnarowski, Matt? Right? We should all be Adrian Wojnarowski right now. Is it Adrian? Right? Yeah, is I it? believe so. Yes. Anyways, I got his last name right. That's all that really matters. Breaking news, left, right, and center. NBA sources tell me so on and so forth. That's what we should be doing. No, we're fan blogs, man. Like, I think most people understand that, that we don't have sources. We're not journalists. Arthur Staple does that. He's great at it. I don't want to step on his toes. I have no indication. What's the word I'm looking for? No desire to do what Arthur Staple does because I don't think I would do a good job at that. I do an okay job at this, and that's I'm good with that. Right. There's multiple ways to cover a team and I don't think people realize that some people I don't think realize it exactly it's it's hashtag content it's what it is it's make busy work guys like this is the time like you said this is the time for make busy work you don't know what you're doing you don't know what to do with your day sit on the iPad and scroll through eyes on aisles constantly please just just roll in them page views <laughs> or just like um, leave it up maybe for, for the day just open it and leave it yeah exactly just just find something that'll scroll through it up and down through the app um, but yeah, it's fine. It, it is what it is. People got to be negative at some point. And, and if this is a way for people to, to get their negativity out, then you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. That's fine. Absolutely. So we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into our little tournament that we did during this quarantine. 
Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson talking New York Islanders hockey. And Mitch, I was a little upset. Now, I'm not a big college basketball fan. I'm really not. But I understand that March Madness is important and it's a lot of fun. So a lot of people were disappointed that there's no bracket this year and you couldn't fill out your bracket and stuff like that. So I tried to do my own Islanders bracket where we would do voting on Twitter and stuff like that. And I wanted to find out who the fans thought the best player in franchise history was. Right. Were you surprised by the results? And I guess we'll go through. Uh, I don't think I was necessarily. Like, it, it seems fine. I was surprised with the weight of the vote. So, uh, spoiler alert, I guess. Um, the winner was Mike Bossy over Danny Potvey by 73% to 27. Yeah, I thought that would be close. And we're not talking about, like, 20 votes here. We're talking 693 votes. Mm-hmm. That's an insane sample size. 73%? I get Mike Bossy was amazing. I'm not taking anything away from him, but like, come on. 20? I thought it'd be closer. I thought it'd be like Mike Bossy might win 55 or Denny might win 52 or something like that, right? Not I, 73. Oh, my God. I thought maybe like 60-40. I thought it would be like on the higher side. I didn't think it would get up to over 70%. And me personally, I voted Mike Bossy, but I wasn't expecting it to be that lopsided. How many times did you vote, Matt? Hmm? How many times did you vote? <laughs> Just one. 624? Maybe. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's insane, right? I, although I, I get it. Would this outcome change if it was Brian Trache instead of Danny Pate, do you think? Because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it would. Really? I'm not saying, sorry, when I say outcome, I mean the weight of the vote. I don't. I, I still think Mike Bossy would win over, over Trache, but I think it'd be a lot closer. Well, that was the second round matchup, Mike Bossy versus Brian Trottier. Right, and Bossy won. But how close was it? Uh, give me a second. I could go back and figure it out. I'm going to wager a guess that it was 65% in favor, give or take 2%, give or take 2%, uh, uh, in favor of Mike Bossy, obviously, because Trottier isn't there. All right, you're going to have to vamp for me a little bit because i got to scroll back. So I, I understand why people vote for Mike Bossy over... Um, Brian Trache, or even Denny Potvey. It's just goals. Goals matter, man. And you have one of the purest goal scorers ever. I, I did a little bit of math, and I figured if Mike Bossy had, uh, was scoring at the rate, or not even the rate, but it's like putting up the points at the rate that he put up put a point throughout his career and had the same longevity that Wayne Gretzky did, Bossy would be the second highest scoring player in NHL history. Really? Yeah. Okay. I ready for that? What did you guess the number was? I said sixty-five plus plus or minus two percent. Okay, Mike Bossy advanced over Brian Trottier with eighty point five percent of the vote. <laughs> what? Oh my god! Like the second best center to almost literally play the game. Like I'm, I'm obviously a little bit biased because I'm an Islanders fan. If you want to say it's like. Wayne, Mario, and then him, sure, fine, or even anyone else after him, whatever, okay, that's fine. But, like, one of the top ten centers in the league ever, and it's like, ah, well, mm, Mike Bossy scored goals, guys. Uh, all right, fine. It, it, it's, at least it's Mike Bossy, and that's not like, well, Dave Langevin had uh, had a great run, guys. Like, that makes sense, and you're like, what? It's like, yeah, Dave Langevin was great and all, but, like, clearly Brian Trotchy was amazing. 
Right, absolutely. And I was surprised. I'm glad you brought that up. None of these were really all that close. They were blowouts for the most part. And the only there were only a couple of upsets in these as well. I want to see if I could pull it up. Um, you had... Can you just, like, list out your bracket? Oh, sure. And what and who advanced and stuff like that? You want yeah, to go through the whole thing? Yeah, let's do that and, like, talk about, like, upsets or not. Okay, so the one seed was Potvin and the 16 seed was Kenny Johnson and Potvin advanced. Easily, yeah. Three seed... I'm doing the left side first and the right side. Okay. Three seed, Billy Smith against Eddie Westfall as the 14 seed and Billy Smith advances. Makes sense. No surprise the, there. The five seed Bobby Nystrom against the twelve seed Brent Sutter and Bobby Nystrom advances. Yeah, fair enough. Nine hundred games played for the Islanders makes sense. The seven seed Clark Gillies against number ten Butch Goring and Clark Gillies advanced. Yeah, Hockey Hall of Fame Butch Goring, Clark Gillies. Woof. On the right side, Mike Bossy as the two. Bob Bourne was the fifteen. Bossy advances. Four was Brian Trottier against number 13-ranked Ken Morrow, and Trottier advances. Um, number six, Pat LaFontaine against number 11, Pierre Tergeron, and LaFontaine advances. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think that was one of the closer ones, if I remember correctly. Well, you, when you think of just sample, right? Like, Pierre Tergeron wasn't here very long. His impact was incredible, um, but... Pat LaFontaine was just a better player. There's a reason Pat LaFontaine's in the Hall of Fame and Pierre Surgeon is not. Right, absolutely. And Tonelli as the eighth seed went against Tavares and Tonelli advanced in a blowout. Yeah, that makes sense. We all knew that was going to happen. No one's going to go at that like, well, Tavares did have a good run with the Islanders, guys. No one's looking at object, uh, looking at that objectively. Just look at the comments that were made after Newsday ran a piece that John Tavares said, like, I hope everyone in New York is okay. Yeah, Wild that was a little guys. ridiculous. Come on now. I know that that was a little bit much for me. Yeah, you can dislike the the, uh, the guy's ethics in terms of how he dealt with the situation, but like you don't need to go down that road. Like that's insane. That's too much. So in the elite eight, you had Potvin against Billy Smith. Potvin advances. Nystrom against Gillies. Nystrom advances. Bossy and Trottier, as we mentioned, Bossy advanced. And here was your one upset. The number six seed, LaFontaine, was upset by the number eight seed, John Tonelli, to advance to the Final Four. See, that that I find strange. Like, I get that Tonelli was there for, for the four cups, and he had some great years, like some 90-point seasons. But LaFontaine, man, LaFontaine, he was amazing. It wasn't yep. his fault that he didn't win four cups. Like, he, he just wasn't around. He came in at, in 84, didn't he? Like the 84-85 season, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, like, it's not his fault that he wasn't born, like, let's say four years earlier. No, exactly. And, I mean, he was kind of the transition out of the Cup era to, like, the next era of Islander. And, I mean, post-Stanley Cup era, he's one of, if not the best Islander, no? I would say. Unfortunately, he ran into some equally bad owners, though. <laughs> so, the transition yeah. of ownership, I suppose. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, in the final four, it was Potvin against Nystrom, and Potvin advanced to the final. Bossy Tonelli, Bossy advances to the final. So you have the one seed against the two. Wasn't too surprising in Potvin versus Bossy, but you had the blowout from Bossy. That's the thing. The blowout is really it's, the vote share is really what gets me going here. Seventy-three percent to twenty-seven for the captain. For the captain of the four teams, 
three-time Norris Trophy winner. Unbelievable. Although, I, it's not to say that Bossy doesn't deserve it. It's just I thought it would be a lot closer, like really close. Razor, razor thin even. Not yep. even the, the case. This is blowout. It's, wow. This is like incumbent of 20 years over some guy you've never heard of. No, it's, I'm I'm with you. It's I was surprised. I I lean bossy, but not by a lot. Right, exactly. All right, fair enough. Just it is what it is. They've spoken. I think we did this one years ago as well when March Madness was actually happening, and I think we came to a close conclusion. I'm not sure exactly who won because again, it was years ago, but it, it, we weren't far off in terms of who made it to the finals. Exactly. So, anything else on best player? In fact, did I leave anyone out in my top sixteen? I don't. I don't think so. Really. Like maybe we can squabble over the seedings, but like that's splitting hairs. Uh, we all knew it was going to come to the, the top four, right? Like there was no one that was going to unseat uh, Potvin, Bossy, Trottier, or or Gillies. Well, I guess Gillies was unseated by Nystrom, but that's a fair unseating, right? It's not like Tavares unseats Gillies. It right. makes sense. No, absolutely. So with that, let's talk a little bit about a project you're working on, the core of the four. So you want to go a little in-depth on that? So we're talking about uh, Dynasty era, uh, era right now, uh, and that, that's what we're, we're going into with the core of the four. So the core of the four are the 17 players, and I say 17 for a reason, uh, 17 players that were on all four cup teams. So just think of that already. 17 players were on the same team through four back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. That's incredible. Yep. Now, I I put the emphasis on 17 because there is a little bit of a caveat there, whereas number 17 uh, wasn't necessarily a player for two of those four years. So, Who's that? So that's Lauren Henning. Uh, He was actually an assistant coach for the last two years. Even the third year, he was an assistant coach. He played one playoff game in the 80-81 season or playoff run. Interesting. Okay. But he was transitioning towards the bench and then played the last two, or didn't play the last few years, was strictly on the bench with Al Arbor. Uh, so he's got his name on the cup, but he wasn't technically a player in those last two years. Interesting. Okay. There's obviously the big names I know and stuff like that, but I'm curious to see and learn more about the guys that I, maybe I haven't heard of or don't know as much about. Right, and that's where this whole project came from. Is just I had always read about the core of the four, always read about it, and I'm not old enough to have been there. I was born, I think it was six days after they won their cup in '84, so like I was not old enough to know what was happening. Uh, hockey wasn't, even though I'm Canadian, a huge part of my life until a little bit later uh, when I was like say say eight or nine. Um, so I didn't really know any of these players, and I don't know them. Really, and that's the whole point. When I was trying to think of the core of the four, I knew it was 17 because I'd read articles saying it was 17. I tried listing them out just, just for fun. And like you, I can get the, you know, the easy ones. Potfang, Brian Tutti, uh, Mike Bossy, Billy Smith, Clark Gillies, Butch Goring, John Tanelli, Bob Nystrom. Did I already say that name? Probably not. Like I could get those pretty easily. Right. But we're only at eight. That's less than half. Exactly. And then it starts going, all right. Uh, I could Ken Morrow, I think. All right, cool. I'm now at nine. So like, that's where it starts struggling. And so that's why I did this. Cause I wanted to find out more about these players. I knew they were great. And when I see a name, I can go like, Oh yes. Anders Keller. Yes. Of course he was on those cup teams, but I don't know anything about him. So here are the 17, Denny Potvin, Brian Trotchy, Mike Bossy, 
Billy Smith, Clark Gillies, Butch Goring, John Tanelli, Bob Nystrom, Ken Morrow, Bob Bourne, Stefan Pearson, Dave Langevin, Gord Lane, Anders Kaller, Dwayne Sutter, not Brent, had I had mistakenly written, mm-hmm. Wayne Merrick, and Lorne Henning, which is like, that's the asterisk, because he played two seasons, but was a coach, assistant coach for, the other for two, two other ones. Gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. Like I said, I'm excited to learn more about, you know, obviously the big name guys I, I know a little bit more about, but I'm I'm looking to go in-depth on the guys that, you know, maybe get passed over a little bit. Like Andres Keller. Do you know he was a scout for the Islanders for years? No. Nope. Years. Like, I, I forget how many number of years, but a long time. Uh, like, a really long time. He was a scout for the Islanders out in Europe. Um, and then you got guys like Lauren Henning, who... I'm sure you know, was a coach for the Islanders. Not just an assistant coach, but actually a bench boss. He's the one who stepped in when um, Al Arbor you know, retired in 94. That's right. And he was not very successful. Uh, he even came in when Butch was the coach, right? He came in behind the bench for Butch Goring, uh, or with Butch Goring, and then when Butchie was fired like the next season, Lord Henning took over for the remainder of the other 16 games and then was not, <laughs> was not kept on. That's right. I forgot about that. He even played, he was an assistant coach for Mike uh, Babcock uh, in Anaheim up until 2004, I believe. So he went all the way to the Cup Finals in 2002, 2003, I think it was, when New Jersey won it. Okay. All right, yeah, that makes sense. The guy, like, a lot of these guys have been staples for the team. Like Ken Morrow. Ken Morrow is still with the Islanders right now. I think yep. he's director of hockey operations or director of scouting. I, I, I think it's right. something. I think it's something to do with scouting. I forget. I, I always forget, and I don't remember why. Or I don't know why I don't remember. Uh, management and coaching. Ken Morrow is director of pro scouting. So not amateur scouting, but pro scouting. Which is but an important he, role, clearly. Yeah, he'll be at the guy, the guy that sends his scouts out to be like, go scout out the Los Angeles Kings because I want to know what you think of some of their guys that we should make a move on come the trade deadline or, or what have you. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, on guys you want to acquire and like, hey, we're playing these guys. What can you tell me about them and stuff like that? You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Exactly. So there's a lot. There's a lot to learn again because I wasn't around for those. Like I wrote in the in the, the intro article, I'm a millennial. Unfortunately, uh, sorry to all the other millennials. I don't like associating myself with that uh, that generation, but I, it is what it is. I'm one of you, um, and I wasn't around for these. So I, I'd like to learn more. Because you constantly get those comments online where, like, were you even born then? You're like, no, I wasn't, but I can still have an opinion. But it's not very necessarily the most informed one. So you know what? I'm going to go inform myself. Exactly. And this is all – this is a perfect time to do it. I mean, if you're missing Islanders content, why not learn about guys from the past and your history? I think that makes a ton of sense. Exactly. And there's not a whole lot of information out there. So it's not like I'm going to be – uncovering new truths about Anders Caller's time with the Islanders, although, like, maybe I'll give him a ring if I can. Um, but we'll see. Like, I, I hope to uncover as much as I can, but I'm going to start with the guys that I don't know much about because everyone's written something about Danny Potvin. Everyone's written about written about Mike Bossy. I don't right. need to add to that right now. Let's get to, like, I've already done Lauren Henning. Let's get to guys like Wayne Merrick, who I know nothing about at all. Yeah, I think that would definitely be... You know, interesting to just learn a little bit more about our history. Exactly. So that's the project. And it's going to go all I – mean, I'm saying summer. I know we're not necessarily summer yet, but w- throughout the offseason. I'm not going to do it every day is what I thought it was going to be, but I- I'm going to take some time to really suss these out and, and, and 
really kind of learn a little bit more along the way. Absolutely. Want to get into the quiz? Yes, let's do that. So it is the 137th episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast. 137, man. That's that's a lot. That's wild. Uh, we've done a lot of podcasts. So this is the David Malley edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. So Matt, I'll ask you three questions like I do every okay. week about David Malley this time. First question, like I'd say every week, what position did he play? That sounds like your prototypical stay-at-home defenseman. <laughs> Incorrect. Ah. Left wing. He was a forward. Okay. Okay. Um, question number two. How many points did he score for the Islanders? So he played 37 games. You know he's a forward. Played on the left wing. How many points did he score in those 37 games? Nine. Close. Six is what he scored. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, David Malley came to us by way of trade. In, let me just get you the year because I think sure. that's going to be a little bit more fair for you. I don't have it up right now because obviously I don't have that always up. We traded him on January 23rd, 1994. What did we acquire? Sorry, what did we trade to acquire him? Now, you know his production, you know his position, you know the year. What do we trade um, away to get him? A second round draft pick. Straight up cashish, my friend. We sent cash to cash? the San Jose Sharks. Wow. Okay. It was a cash transaction. Here you I don't go, man. know how much. I wish I knew how much. Or maybe if I did, I, I dug a little bit deeper, I'd find out. Maybe you at home listening know how much we sent to the San Jose Sharks for Dave and Mally. Uh, but it was a cash transaction. Wow. Not a whole man. lot of those going on right now. No. No. I don't think you see that very often at all. Exactly. So there you go. Interesting. Well, Thank you for teaching me a little bit more about our past and history. You're welcome. When we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. What's going on? Matt O'Leary, Mitch Anderson with you talking New York Islanders hockey. We're getting into the social segment now. Mitch, what do you got for us this week? I got a few things. So first one, uh, this is from Andy Hicks. Uh, I'm sure most of you already know who Andy is. Uh, I was going to do did this. You, did you have it as well? Well, which one? Uh, the first one. Okay. I didn't. I didn't get to the second one. Oh, why is it taking me to this? Oh my god. Oh, it's taking me to something weird. Anyways, it's taking me to Secretary Pompeo for some reason. If I if I put in the uh, the link, it takes me to Secretary Pompeo's address. If I, I mean it's by pasting the link in Google for some strange reason. Interesting. Okay. But anyway, so what Andy did is that we're all bored, and so Andy. Um, went online and just recorded himself reciting an Islanders starting lineup, but using household objects around the house to fill in the blank for the name. So like Thomas Grice was Thomas Ice. Uh, Nick Letty was Nick Teddy. Uh, Ryan Pulak was Ryan Dorlock, which I thought was outrageously that was hilarious. Fantastic. Anders Yorkshire Tea, uh, JG Cookie Dough, and Kiefer Pillows. <laughs> Amazing Honestly- content, Andy. Honestly, one of my favorite things that I've seen in this quarantine. That was phenomenal. It was extremely creative. It was a lot of fun. The accent makes it that much better, too. It was all around 10 out of 10. Right. So Andy's English, uh, I, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I'm not sure if he got this, if he sourced it from um, James Milner. So James Milner is a player for Liverpool. 
uh, central midfielder, kind of uh, left back, if anything. Anyways, he did one of those online for the Liverpool site. Or, or no, sorry, his own Twitter. And it was hilarious because James Miller is known as boring. Like there's a Twitter that exists called uh, Boring James Miller. Okay. And it's just, it just riffs on him doing like the most boring things. Like I asked Mo, Mo Salah if he enjoyed scoring his goal. Then Mo turned to me and said, yes, he did. Wild times. Like it just, <laughs> he's just a boring guy because he's a do everything guy. Anyways, I wonder if, if Andy got it from him. Uh, okay. Either way, doesn't matter. It was hilarious. And I tried to recreate it on my own. I couldn't. I got to Simeon Varlamov and I done. I went CD on Varlamov as in putting a CD on. Couldn't think of anyone else. Okay. I, I didn't want to just do Nick Letty again or, or Ryan Dorlock, so I was like, uh, I was going to go Johnny Woodchuck, but I don't have a Woodchuck around, so like, I would screw it right there. I'm done. It's not easy. It's it's clearly not easy. No, it's it's not. It's You can't do that in a rush. You really got to think it out or be very, very creative, so hats off to you, Andy. Absolutely. My next one is from Bobby Valentine, the former Mets manager, so he tweets out a video of Lula Murillo coaching baseball, Mitch. Did you know that he was a baseball coach in the 60s? No, but I wouldn't put it past him. Sounds like Lou's done everything in his life. He Not only was he a coach, so he played in that Cape Cod League, which is a pretty high-end baseball league. Obviously, it's not the major leagues, but it's a well-respected league or tournament that these guys you know play in you know, as they're coming up. A lot of guys in the Northeast play there. He hit like 347 in 12 career playoff games. He won. He was a player coach one year, and then when he transitioned to the manager in 1965, they won the whole thing. Go figure. Of course. And he is in the Hall of Fame for the Cape Cod League. Just Lou. So, like, Hall of Fame's everywhere. Like, you're, you're going to show up somewhere in, like, the middle of Nebraska at some sort of random sports hall of fame for something and like lula morello hall of fame inductee 1982 and you're like how what how did lou find the time to get in the hall of fame of like bridge or something Honestly, he had the he's gonna be in the bridge hall of fame i guarantee it he had the best quote too i was reading an old article from 2009 when he was inducted into the hall of fame and the quote was something along the lines of i'm paraphrasing here is like baseball I couldn't tell you the last time I thought about baseball. It hasn't really been on my mind. <laughs> Which is just a perfect Lou quote. Oh, I, I got the Hall of Fame? Honey, did you know I got in the Hall of Fame? Oh, I haven't thought about baseball in like a dog's age. Unbelievable. <laughs> in four, 45 years. Yeah, I haven't thought about it in 45 years. We're just all trying to like the, be our best self at whatever we do and lose like randomly getting into Hall of Fames for random sports. It's impressive. So I just wanted to share that. I didn't really know that about Lamarillo. No, I didn't know that either. Uh, my next one comes from at NHL. So this is okay. – in, in case you didn't – I didn't say it before, and I'm pretty sure I didn't. Andy Hicks' Twitter is at Andy Hicks1982. Uh, uh, so if you want to give him a follow, I suggest you do. Anyway, so uh, the NHL tweets out today – it was, yeah, April 1st. A 17-game point streak and a big trade for Jean-Gabriel Peugeot are highlights of the New York Islanders season so far. And then they have a snapshot video of everything. And, and one thing stuck out, and I, and I know Rob Todd tweeted it out. Uh, it was breakout player Michael Dalcole. Breakout player. <laughs> Wait, what? <clears throat> hold the phone here. Uh, 10 points in 53 games, Michael Dalcole. That's wild. Say what? I, how? How could it possibly be? 
I guess they can't say Noah Dobson because he hasn't played 53 games, I suppose. But there's got to be a better answer for breakout player than Michael Dow Cole. Yeah, don't put that up. Do anything else. Any career year Brock Nelson in terms of goals. I don't know. He had a career year or 26 goals. 26. He's going to, yeah, he has what, 54 points. 54. Okay. Yeah. I would do that then for, I'd rather have Brock Nelson for that. That would make so much more sense. So much more sense. Yeah, that's a weird one. Do they have to do a breakout player? Like it just, anyways, it's not, it's not to rip on Michael Dal Cole right now. It's to rip on the choice. Like you're putting undue expectations on Michael Dal Cole right now. Let him just do his thing. Exist. And maybe in a year or two years from now, he'll be a serviceable middle six player. Maybe, but let's let him mature without putting an undue scope on him. Like he's a breakout player guys. He put up 10 points in 53 games. That's technically a regression. Cause he had seven points in 28 the year before that. I'm holding my breath, Mitch. So, yeah, good job, NHL. This next one I have is a little this date in Islanders history for you. So this is from the Islanders official Twitter account. It goes, this day in Isles history, April 1st, 1978, Mike Bossy becomes the first Islander and first rookie in NHL history to score 50 goals in a season in a 3-2 to win against the Washington Capitals. Just wild, right? He'd go on to score 50 goals for nine straight seasons, something that will likely never be broken. Hey, Alexander Ovechkin has not done that. So unless we get, like, another sniper coming up all of a sudden, it ain't happening. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom. wild. Oliver Wallstrom. <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope so. I have my doubts, but, uh, man, I that would be amazing. Yeah. I <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. What else you got? My last one comes from an exchange between, uh, I'm not going to call it a fan, but a person, and Brendan Burke throughout the day today. Um, I'm not going over the week because, like, nothing really has happened, but this, this is interesting. It starts off by Brendan, essentially, not even essentially, but by going out there and saying, like, look, we raised a lot of money by me doing, um, I I think he's doing voiceovers. right? Like, people can pledge, like, $25 and he'll, like, read out something in his voice. Yeah, it's from the app Cameo. Right. Uh, and he's raised quite a bit of money. He's already uh, sent in a $500 donation. I think he's raised up to like $1,000, uh, and he's already sent in 500 The way this works is that you don't get all the money up front. That's the, the peak behind the curtain, just like Patreon, right? Like, just because you gave us $5 doesn't mean we're going to get $5. That's not how it works necessarily. Everyone's got to take a cut and so on and so forth. Either way, this guy keeps going after Brendan. Like, why are you... Why are you going, like, appraising yourself? Oh, Lord, Brendan Burke sent in $500. Because he did. Because he's trying to show that he's supporting COVID-19 like anyone else. Sorry, not COVID-19. Supporting the Harry Chaplin Food Bank and their emergency relief fund for COVID-19. Because he's trying to prop up a charity that could probably use more than $500 to get people food. And this is a whole exchange, and it ended by going, the guy, I'm not going to even put the name because I don't want this person to get more follows. Can you give me a follow, Brendan Burke? The audacity! The audacity to go like, oh, I hate what you do, I hate what you do. Uh, can you follow me, please? No! No, I cannot! What are you doing? That was a wild exchange. I did see that, and I have no issue with what Brendan Burke did. He obviously, it's for a good cause. One, it's not like he's saying like, hey, 
you know, I, I'm not working right now, you know, just put this money in my pocket as I do these, you know, videos for you and that's it. No, he is doing it and donating it to charity and he has a following and has a reach. Any person, whether it's an athlete, celebrity, whatever, if you have a social media following, it is your obligation, in my opinion, to put out positive information for charities. He is literally putting their name in front of thousands of people. That is a good thing. Like, I don't see where the disconnect comes. Brandon even asked him, like, is there anything else you have a problem with? And the guy's like, oh, you you, you praised at the beginning of the season that you, you got a tie from someone else. Yeah, the intern let me a tie because I forgot mine at home. And I was saying, thank you, Mr. Intern or Mrs. Intern. I don't know. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with people right now? I don't understand it's crazy. what the problem is. It really is crazy. It's a wild time. And then to ask for a follow. I hate what you do. Give me a follow. I would never even do that. I know. And in the best circumstance, I hate asking for follows. I hate doing it. I've never done it. I never want to do it. My God, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. Unbelievable. No, the, the gall and the audacity to do such a thing is exactly. uh, is pretty wild. So I, I got one more for you as well. So you know how the Islanders tend to do like wallpaper Wednesdays and stuff like that? Yes. So they did one today and included in their batch was a teal background and the Fisherman logo. They okay. also today did, you know, where you got to like take the screenshot and like stop the logo over the exact thing. You ever see those going around on Twitter? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. So they did a fisherman one of that today. Do you think the organization is coming around on this logo, Mitch? No, I don't. Well, sorry. What do you mean by coming around to what? What are you saying? Are you implying? Do you think that they'll? wear the jersey on ice mm-hmm. no yes no okay so they're just teasing me this is all just a big tease for matt o'leary when there's no sports i have nothing in this sports world to look forward to besides the islanders just throwing out the fisherman logo on their social media accounts all day long and then just not going to wear it wear the jersey that's what we're going with i guess yeah absolutely i think that's the best case scenario for everyone well maybe not everyone but for for you and i not for me. No, I want. I want to see the thing. This is a. This it's is a big tease. Happen. It's not gonna happen. They don't have the courage to do that. They don't have it, and I don't. I don't blame them. They're not gonna do it. They're not gonna do it. Oh, I do. It. it that is. They could re. They could rebrand it. it. It's retro is in, man. It's in. Well, they're selling it. That. That's what they're doing. They're now hyping it to sell it, right? Because it is a marketable item. It is an item that they could then translate into, like I said earlier, cashish. Um, they can turn it into cold, hard cash because people want to buy that and they recognize that. But what they also recognize is that we cannot put this on a player and actually play a game with these things. That is not in the cards. Maybe in 20 years from now, sure. But it's not. It, this is not the time. It is not. I'm not saying rebrand the whole team. I'm saying you, you wear it once a month as an alternate jersey. What's the big deal? You're free. Well... It, it, it's a bad flashback to a lot of people. And, and I'm playing a, a little bit of devil's advocate here because I, I'm okay with them playing the jersey, but I get why the organization is skittish because the last time they put it out there, a lot of people were mad and people are still mad about it. Just go to that tweet or any tweet that has a fisherman jersey. Any tweet, any article, anything that mentions the fisherman jersey, just go see Rob. Go talk to Rob Todd and like, hey, Rob, the fisherman logo, and he will vomit in front of you immediately. 
unprovoked, I mean, not unprovoked, but that, the fact you say fisherman will, will lead him to vomit because he hates it that much. And he's not the only one, justifiably. A lot of people didn't like how it was done, and that's fair. And because of that, that pent up and maybe not pent up because it's, it's not, it's very much out there. That emotion, that visceral emotion towards that jersey has not dissipated at all. And so they're not going to go put it out on the ice. And I'm fine with that. They're selling it. They're making money out of it. To me, that's best case scenario. I guess. I don't know. I, I This is all just a big old tease for me, and I don't care for it one bit. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right. Just go and buy a hat. Just go and buy a hat. And I, I was still that way. I was wearing my fisherman hat today, actually. There you go. I really want them to release a starter jacket. Do you remember those like starter jackets from like the nineties? Yes, that, I that, want one yeah. of those bad. Like I don't want a retro one because it probably did not age well in terms of like the quality of the clothing. Uh, no. I would like a new one done up. That would be amazing. Can we get like Mitchell and Ness on the horn to uh, do that? Yeah, you remember like the big pouch they had up front? Mm-hmm. Yes, man, get on it. Even just the colors, I'll, I'll, I would buy it. I would buy that. Yeah, I. I mean, I'm I'm all in. Actually, this uh, Islanders Instagram account put up an old picture today. Um, I gotta find I'll find the account name to shout them out. And it's not I don't like the guy who's wearing the jacket. It is Mike Milberry who is in this jacket. Mm. But I will show you what it looks like. And uh, it it it's from Isles Chill, and they did a TBT. I'll hold it. I'll hold the picture up. Uh, I think I know which one you're Mitch talking here. about. But it is a uh, it's a fire looking jacket. It is. I remember those jackets. They're amazing. The huge logo up front, and mm-hmm. then it'd be like the bomber jacket, right? It would just go up to the waist, and it would have the huge pocket with the hood. I used to have one. I used to have a Montreal Canadiens one uh, because that's all I could get here. It's either that Toronto or um, what was the other one? Ottawa. Actually, a neighbor wore a Leafs jersey today when he was walking his dog by the house. And my son was like, ah, papa, je l'ai comme toi, a jersey like yours. And I was like, nope, no, 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 no. I am not wearing one of those. Papa ne porte jamais ça. So c'est mon Brian. So my, my wife's brother is a Leafs fan. And I'm telling my son, like, it's not happening. I don't wear that jersey. I will never wear that jersey. That's so funny. That's adorable. But he know he sees hockey jersey and he thinks I wear it. No, but I, I understand the connection, though, from someone that young. Yeah, exactly. He's only five, so he doesn't get it yet. He just learned how to take a shot with his stick. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. So, anyways, awesome. we're on to different things now. Anything else social segment-wise? Or we That's good? it for me. All right, so let's get some plugs in here before we leave. So, wherever you're listening to the show, if you could give us a subscribe, or maybe a rating and review, really help us out. We appreciate all the love and support from you guys. Definitely going to want to get in on the Patreon action. We are doing content there. Usually we do post-game shows, but now we are just breaking down different topics, going for about 25 minutes, a half hour on one specific thing. We don't really have the luxury to do that in the main show. We kind of got to hit on a bunch of different things. So we would go really in-depth on these topics. That's kind of what we're doing over there. So patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is TLO Mitch. You could also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles, the app eyes on aisles app for iPhone or Android. And of course you can visit the website eyes on aisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch episode 137 in the books. Hope you're staying safe. Hope everything's going well up there. I have washed my hands. Yes. And you do the same. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save... You can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.